0: You took a leap of faith into Spider Verse. Then you were along for the ride into the robot apocalypse. And now, an intimate small tale about family in the Caribbean Sony's Vivo. Stay tuned.
1: Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about animation, storytelling, and cute animals rapping.
0: I'm Chris Leva, And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I would have gone with just about Lin-Manuel Miranda because I feel like we talk about him a lot.
1: We do. And in this, I do want to say up front to our listeners, I will not be doing my Lin-Manuel Miranda impression. Um... Because it sounds too much like a high pitched Tracy Morgan uh, <laughs> impression. <laughs> so I won't be pulling that out of my bag of tricks. Is it, I don't know if it's a trick, but today we're talking about Vivo from Sony. Uh, it, it's had a interesting travel, I feel, <laughs> to get a to long our screen.
0: gestation period. Yeah,
1: definitely. So I didn't realize how long it had been until I looked at our notes.
0: <laughs> it's like my goodness. I I did some light Wikipedia research, uh, so I don't have the full story. Obviously, only only Lynn could tell us the full story. Um, you know, on a first name basis. Right. I I, I I almost did like a.
1: Here's how it went down, like with my violin, manuel But I was like, no, I just <laughs> promised. I just spent that time promising not to do my." Stop yourself. Right. <laughs> that is self-control.
0: On the spectrum of New York accents between Tracy Morgan and Lin-Manuel Miranda, it's just... Slippery slope. Flippery slippery slope. slope. Uh, but yeah, so Vivo, I guess, um, has been an idea for a long time um, that DreamWorks was going to make a movie out of in... 2010, possibly? And that slowly didn't happen. And uh, now Sony bought the rights, as Sony was gearing up for all of their uh, film blitz. Is that what we're going to call it? Is this this an era of Sony animation now? Was there an era of Sony animation before? Um, They were doing animated films.
1: I think Spider-Verse really opened up the world to say that Sony tells... Interesting different stories that other studios weren't telling in ways that other people weren't This is in the three that you mentioned spider-verse Mitchell's versus the machines and now this one. This is the first one. That's not a Lord and Miller infused production from Sony So it's something that's a little bit more uh, what do I want to say? Traditionally, traditional CGI animated film.
0: Yeah. It's spider verse for me was certainly the turning point. It's kind of when I went like, great. I'll give everything a try that Sony puts out." because if mm-hmm. they can do this, like I will try literally anything they produce. <laughs> and since spider verse, I think I've seen them all because angry birds movie two was in there. Wish dragons in there also. Um, I'm probably going to wind up watching the new Hotel Transylvania movie. I haven't seen all those, but I think I saw the last one, too. It's Gendi Tartakovsky. It's Sony. Like, I don't understand what's happening, but it's pretty and looks nice.
1: (laughs) I I have not seen any of them, but the fourth one makes me want to see it.
0: (laughs) The reverse Uh, werewolf one.
1: Yeah. I don't know why. Like, yes, this is the one that I've been wanting to see. (laughs) I don't know what that says.
0: It's just changing the formula. I mean, definitely from from watching whichever one I saw before, I honestly don't remember. Probably the third one. Probably the third one. Um, it was it was very very Genndy in animation. I know he directed that one, and he's. I don't think he's directing the next one. Um, Yeah, it it definitely has, like, a unique flavor uh, that you don't see in other CG animated movies right now. And it's really cool. And that's kind of off track from Vivo. But everything Sony's putting out has a unique visual style, I guess, is the point of that. And I think that relates
1: back to Vivo, though, because Vivo doesn't look quite like... Uh, a lot of the CGI movies that are out right now, the character design particularly uh, looks different and interesting. the what I felt differently from this was the the pacing and the the structure of the story was really different. Uh, in some cases I think that it is I think it's influenced a lot more from the music and Lin-Manuel Miranda in the way that (laughs) I'm not saying it's on this level. Uh, but I think it's influenced that same way that beauty and the beast was by Mm. Howard Ashman and, and Alan Menken telling their story through music in the way that they were shaping the story through the music. I think this does the same thing. It, it lets the music be the f- the engine behind the rest of the
0: story. Yes. Yes. Because I think one of my key questions that I wanted to get from you was like, was, and I always forget the right word, was the music, how does it function in this world? Is it, um, the word is not endemic, it's not diabetic, it's not episodic. <laughs> diegetic, is that the word? Diegetic? Diegetic? Is, is the music happening live in the story, or is it an imaginary visual representation of what's happening?
1: Oh, I see.
0: Is that the right word, diegetic?
1: Yeah, uh, I believe it is in a way. It's like, it's the, it's to the plot. Is that what you mean? Is it like yeah.
0: part of the narrative? Because like sometimes, it to me at least in this movie, it feels like whatever they sing, they're literally singing and they're doing that at the moment. But then how they dance or represent an animation isn't necessarily literally happening to those characters at the time because each song is almost a set piece with a unique um, visual design to it to tell the story of that song.
1: Mm. Before we, I, I really like where this is heading, but I'm gonna pause for just a quick moment. And could you let our listeners know what Vivo is, like that that narrative that it's telling, just a quick little bit, um, before we get into the spoiler zone. So we're in the spoiler-free territory.
0: Oh, uh, nice rhyme.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to fit in as many rhymes as I can, you know, it's not going to be as great as other,
0: as a Chablaine.
1: I was going to say, as that other man,
0: Uh huh. that's better. That actually rhymes. Uh. uh <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so the story of Evo, <laughs> um, I feel like we can get to spoiler territory really quick. So I'll just give the setup, which. Honestly, the first song will do much better, more creatively, than I can do in this podcast. So, if you're on the fence, watch at least the first song. But in the meantime, my uh, poor man's Linda Miranda attempt, um, without singing. Uh, Vivo is a kinkajou, which is a kind of monkey, um, and he lives in Cuba uh, with his owner Andres. And every day, they go to the plaza, two blocks from their house, and they put on a musical performance and they go home and that's their life. And Viva, is so happy living that limited existence in that two block radius. And that's all that he ever wants. Uh, and then I think you can infer insert plot of film here that challenges that concept <laughs> <laughs> without me spoiling what happens. Yes.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> plot, plot happens, character changes. If you've listened to this show, uh, for uh, hundred ninety-five episodes before this, I think you can figure out how plots happen. How do plot happen?
1: <laughs> I can has inciting incident. Um, so, and to get back to what you were saying, that opening number—it's the first. I think I might be spoiled by. Then Memo Miranda stage shows, not that I ever saw in the Heights in the theater, but <laughs> I, I did listen to the cast album a lot um, and watch the Tony's performance. So, uh, but also ha- I've seen Hamilton a couple times.
0: Um, Ooh, a a couple I've of seen times. Hamilton more than once. <laughs> uh,
1: and, and then, of course, the Hamill film, of course. Mm. Uh, That was part of what I've seen. But anyway, that first song operates very much like the Lin-Manuel Miranda opening numbers of both of those two shows, which is, I'm going to set the scene here. This is where I am. Mm -hmm. These are the people who are important to me. This is how I ended up in this location. This is what my life is and nothing's gonna change it.
0: It's exposition as a fun, swagger-filled, sung rap song, uh, which is great. It's, uh, that's not a criticism at all. Like, it's, it's the same, and please give me more.
1: I appreciate that you say swagger, because I love that Vivo's core thing, that has to change and I think the biggest theme in the film is about fear and to have this (laughs) swagger monkey going on (laughs) about like I'm the best you know starts off the first line is is this thing on like he's ready to perform it's this giant performance of I'm on stage I know exactly what I'm doing this is how I ended up here. And it's two things. It's the friendship with Andres and it's the knowledge of this routine, both the routine of going out and performing and the routine, the musical routine that they perform. Yeah. So the daily routine and the performance routine. And I just think the swagger comes from comfort and... Oh, gosh, what's that word? Familiarity with what he's doing.
0: Mm-hmm. It's all that he does, and he knows that he's good at it. And let me sing your song about it.
1: Yeah. And that gets broken very quickly um, in in the next few scenes. I'm not going to get quite into spoiler territory. We're going to inch our way there. Uh, but I will warn you when when we're about to hit, like, the spoiler, we're, we're almost there. Um, uh, there's a letter that Andres gets from an ex-collaborator, um, Marta, who's played by the illustrious Gloria Estefan. And she is about to retire. And she asks Andres, can you join me for this final performance that I'm having. It would be great to see you, the songwriter of my hits, come back and we could perform together one, one last time.
0: And notably, not in Havana and not in Cuba, but in Miami. In Miami, yes. Which is a kind of Cuba. <laughs> it is a kind of Cuba. Um,
1: I heard they have very interesting sound machines there. Miami Sound Machine. Never mind. Um, <laughs> it's a glorious, Steph- it's a glorious Stefan joke. Oh, Miami okay. Miami Sound Machine. That was the band. Anyway, it wasn't a good joke, but it. I, I went for it and I failed. But sometimes that's what you have to do. Is you have to try for something new and different, even if you're afraid of doing it, and and see what happens. Hey, that's the plot of the movie. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> At least I could do that. Okay, now we're gonna hit spoilers. We're gonna hit woo, spoilers. Woo, woo. This is really fast for us to hit spoiler territory, but it happened really surprisingly
0: and fast. Was it surprising? It wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah, like from from like the first minute of the movie, I thought it'd be surprising, but like in the lead up, it's like, oh, they're gonna do that. Okay. So
1: There's this beautiful song that Andres starts to sing as hope for this second chance. Turns out he loved Marta. And now he has a second chance to actually tell her that he loved her and give her this song that he wrote when she left Cuba to go off and have her career. Um, And the song starts... And Vivo panics and he just starts shouting, who's Marta, who's Marta? Like what's going on? Um, and the, the setting starts to change this blue color enters, which becomes this thematic idea of hope. Whenever there's hope, there's this really rich blue that starts coming out. Um, and. Blue starts coming in the window and Vivo shuts it and Blue starts coming in the doorway and he shuts it and finally Andres pushes past him through and enters into this dream hopeful world where he's with Marta singing and Vivo is just overwhelmed by what this means. So Andres says, we're going to leave and we're going to go see Marta. We're going to deliver this song. To her, and I'm gonna take the chance that I never took when I when I
0: had it. Mm-hmm. End of evening, the next morning, cold, cold, cold natural light streaming in through the window, which is never a good sign in a movie. Never.
1: And and my son Jack starts asking questions like. Why is he not waking up? Why, oh, no. why? Why is he not waking up? And I was, we had to pause the movie, of course. <laughs> and I was about to turn and say, um, I was about to say something. My wife said, why do you think he's not waking up? And Jack said, I don't know. And I was about to ask a different question <laughs> and my wife ripped the bandaid off and was like, he's dead. <laughs> and I just I, I just looked at her like, what did you just,
0: <laughs>
1: it's like, he's dead. And then
0: push play. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what the, the same spirit of the movie, what the movie does. She's not wrong. (laughs) You're right. It's just, he's dead now.
1: Move Mm -hmm. on. (laughs) And now it's up to Vivo. He makes the decision that he doesn't want to say goodbye. He's not ready to say goodbye to his friend and everything that he's known, which I think is really done better visually. I mean, he's singing... The song, one more song, I want one more song with him, but I think it's done. If you had it on mute, the idea of all these people laying flowers at undress is picture and vivo grabs the rose, goes up to it and then walks away and puts the rose back. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not saying goodbye at this moment. There are so many moments just like that in this movie where the visual is so powerful and so strong to say you could watch this on mute and i think uh i think musicals tend to do that really well because they're going off of if you're not even listening to the lyrics the music tonally and rhythmically and melodically is telling you everything you need to tell and the the images are just following that they're following the tone and everything, the musicality of the, of the scene.
0: It's definitely a very well, uh, stage directed, animated movie musical. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a lot of it is in many, when it, when it's, I don't know how to describe it when they're not in like imaginary world where they're doing a different style, like the, um, Andres imagining his time with Marta when it turns into like 2D animation, that's kind of like three caballeros reminiscent Mm -hmm. Uh, when it's Mm -hmm. not doing that stuff. um, It's like they have, here's the image we want to get to, and we're going to get to that and they focus on like the tableaus rather than like the in-betweens. And then the imaginary worlds, like they, the flow is much more free Mm -hmm. when they're doing those songs. I don't know if I have anything to say about that, but that was interesting to me that it was so different between real world and fun world.
1: It strikes me that every song was a little bit like to go to go way back on, well, not way back on Disney, but like to go back to I Just Can't Wait to Be King in The mm. Lion King, where Simba starts singing. He he's his pause slam and the whole style of the film changes. And suddenly we're in a different world, which is here's this internal world of the character represented outwardly. And I think this movie says, great, we're gonna do that for pretty much every song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, and it's fun. Right. I think there are some songs where they leave you in the real world um, really well but then it feels a little bit jarring because you are you you had ended up in all these more internal lives of these characters coming out especially with like my own drum from mm-hmm. gabby you really feel you feel like darla from finding nemo got uh, you know, the evil child from Finding Nemo with a dead fish got fleshed out as a character and is now singing this threatening song.
0: You, But it's also like a fun like hashtag Girlboss Anthem and I
1: loved it. It is. But you also, it doesn't forget that this is the scariest thing for <laughs> Vivo ever.
0: Yes. I, I love that so much of this movie for the, the first third is also Vivo like not understanding irony (laughs) at all. Like for my own drum, it's like, yeah, this is kind of the same relationship you have with Andres, but you just knew him and liked him. And then his whole like elegy, one more song. It's like, I just wish you could sing one more song with him. Like, that's what Marta wants. You have no sympathy for her. (laughs) It's the same thing. You're literally singing the song that she would sing if she were in this movie at this point.
1: Which makes me wonder. This is just the question. So very rarely do we get an animal who is the lead character in the film with human, wacky human sidekicks. (laughs) It's usually where's the human and they have a wacky animal sidekick. So there is a version of this film that could be Gabby visiting her uncle's apartment, finding this song after he's dead and makes the decision to deliver this song to Marta. And then comes across this kinkajou (laughs) who helps her along the way, you know, or these lovebirds along the way who help her Mm -hmm. there's there's like that version of the story and so the question that I have for you Mackenzie as our resident able to answer questions that I randomly come up with on the show (laughs) it's a talent what what does having an animal as the lead character instead of one of these other human characters of this Due to this movie um, or add to it that these uh, human characters as a lead character wouldn't?
0: Well, number one, I think that especially in this world, um, it helps that because Vivo is a tiny monk, he doesn't have like awareness of the human world for a lot of it. And so like, he doesn't know what Miami is or where that is or have like an awareness of like how far or what's going on there. And that's scary to him no matter whether it's all the way across the world or across town. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have like that added dramaturgical element of like we can play with. He doesn't know anything. True. Um, it's mm, probably some other benefits.
1: <laughs> I mean, the He's one- a
0: musical monkey, which is fun.
1: He's a musical monkey. He's, um, there's also the language where even though it's Lin-Manuel Miranda speaking, none of the humans understand him. He's not like a talking kinkajou. Um, they just hear chirping or whatever sounds he's making. Yeah, And you learn that very quickly in the first song that they don't hear the audience doesn't hear him rapping and singing everything. (laughs) They just see this dancing Kinkajou going, and it's like, (laughs) okay, Here's here's, here's
0: a quarter. Here's a quarter Kinkajou. Yeah, so is the music diegetic? I think he's literally singing and Gabby's literally singing and they're singing a duet that's about the same thing, but not to each other. I don't know. It doesn't matter that much. It's fun. It feels like,
1: (laughs) I mean, these are the questions that you have to like go with and and be like, okay, well we're making this decision. This is the decision that we made. Um, He can't be understood by anybody. So that means that this, song that he's trying to deliver this actual piece of paper that makes it um, instrumental see what i did there um to to the to the story
0: Yeah, it's kind of it's it's how they communicate it is nice that it's titled like song for marta or something so it's like here's the message (laughs) I do also appreciate
1: the I don't, I don't know I, I do like that Gabby's story was told efficiently and that there are a lot of questions left about her and her background but it's told very very quickly about her father's dead what's going on with um who her father was in relationship to her why she enjoys music why music is important to her um what the relationship with her with her mom all that's done very very efficiently um because you start to go down the path because you start to see her is important but also remembering that the journey that's important is Vivo, Vivo's the main character, it's his change and him accepting something outside of the routine, Mm -hmm. learning to improvise, learning to be okay with something being different, which makes me question a little bit about the ending. So I'm really curious about your thoughts about the end.
0: Well, since we're at Spoiler Zone anyway, for for the ending, I thought that it was, it visually looks similar to the opening, but I think that it's kind of the reverse situation where in that scenario, Vivo is Andres and Gabby is Vivo from the beginning. Mm. Like Vivo's the teacher and like, yeah, he's still literally like the singing monkey, but like he is teaching Gabby music and helping her find her talent.
1: And having her be a part of her community.
0: Yeah. So it's so, like he's in a routine that he's kind of familiar with and comfortable with, but like in a new setting with a new person and he can he's discovered that he can make that community and happiness for him no matter where he is. And he's taken ownership of that rather than just being Andres a singing monkey.
1: In a passive role to somebody else.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Cuz I think I mean Andres always meant security. I mean, that's how music meant security to him. That's what saved him from being eaten <laughs> was Andres coming over and saving him and playing music. Uh and it's what he it's what he knows. And there's that fun song where Gabby and Viva were singing together and trying to... It's like, wow, you really don't know any music. You really don't know anything <laughs> about this. And he's very much like, here's the rhythm. Here's here's exactly what it should be. And she's just wildly taken off of it. Um,
0: but she also quickly picks it up and he quickly recognizes that too. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you do have a lot of energy, but um there is raw talent here mm-hmm. which he didn't see before he kind of dismissed it yes
1: and I think that goes back to Gabby's relationship with her mom and versus her dad the expectations her mom has with her And I think that was one of the best lines of the movie was like the sweet moment that Gabby's mom is having with the picture of the father. <laughs> I
0: was gonna say that, that sums up all the ambiguity in this relationship and backstory. Yeah,
1: which we, just like, like I don't know what to do, you know, without you, because she takes after you. <laughs> she yes. gets
0: it from you. It's like the sweet family photo that she's feeling reminiscent, and sad about, that she looks one photo over to like, Gabby the dad doing something stupid.
1: <laughs> she gets the- it from you. Just a drumsticks in his nose or something, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and i I've heard that same phrase from my mom. So he gets this from you, like that anger of like I have to deal with this with you, and I have to deal with this in a small form. And this kid, like, because only the good qualities came from me, and all the other <laughs> things can <laughs> uh. with my mom used to say he's your dog charlie brown that's what she used to say to uh <laughs> whenever <laughs> whenever it was something that didn't take after her it's your dog charlie brown
0: It's funny because it's it's like a code but a code that a child can easily crack
1: yeah <laughs> it's like is crazy. this effective it's like wait a minute So, yeah, but that that was a, uh, when I was talking about efficiency in the relationship, like every line is well used towards
0: something. I do feel like the beginning and the end of this movie are extremely tight and well done. And then there's, I think, some business in the Everglades in the middle that is fun, but maybe I personally might have... <clears throat> would have cut out of the movie and just made it like a much shorter movie. I don't know. What would you have cut out of the Everglades? I don't know that we need Dan Carino and Valentina and their song. I don't know that we need the whole Lutador thing with the snake, which again, it's fun. I liked it, but like, did this add much overall to the arc of the movie or is it just some stuff that happens in the middle? Well, I, I
1: feel like I, I, I feel like there needed to be something where Vivo had to just go and not think um, and freestyle it as it were. That's the thing that people say, right? Like I, I feel like that had to be something where he it's shown that he he can live that moment and, and freestyle that moment. And I feel like maybe it wasn't as efficient or as, uh, I'm not sure, but it was like, it was animal Jane da- dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like the danger for a kinkajou can't be like, I think if, if you had Gabby as the main character, it would have been a different problem. It'd be
0: scary. Right. It'd be end of The Lion King, not like middle of The Lion King.
1: Right. I feel like because it is Vivo's movie, there needed to be like an animal understanding. I still don't understand. I loved Nicole Byer. I, I want more Nicole Byer in like almost anything. That's fair. But... I think you're right in terms of I don't know what Viva was getting learning from them to, you know, unless you, my weird works with your weird and it's okay for your weird as a singing monkey to work with this Gabby's weird. Like sometimes the thing that you're the chance that you're not taking like Dan Carino's Never took that chance with Valentina because he assumed that she was too good for him. And all he had to do was take that chance and not give up on things. But I think that is not as strong because Vivo's thing isn't ask out that girl, Kinkajou. His thing is, you know, living out Andres' dream.
0: I mean, you raise all very good points that he's learning freestyling and your weird with my weird. And I think thematically now that you bring it up, like, yeah, the Dan Carino Valentina thing is a bird version of what Andres and Marta wish had happened um, long ago. And so I see, I, I see your points. I recognize and validate those points. <laughs> I wish it was like a little more integrated almost.
1: I think, I think it's the integration. <laughs> I think that's what you're missing and what I what's interesting is the Everglades is that okay we're going to have the dark night of the soul moment where we confront these things where we go into the mystical woods and have to be challenged by the things that we need to be challenged by to grow as people you know to go further and i'm wondering if it just didn't go far enough into this is this is the challenging time like change the style change everything it just felt like these are some these are some wild adventures that we're getting to until the point of that we're trying
0: to make it yeah like even if maybe there was like a little stronger just button Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a bad way of doing it, but if Evo literally was like, here are the three things that I learned at the Everglades. One, two, three. Now I'm ready for Miami. Yes. Or they found themselves in the Everglades.
1: You know, I think that would there's their boats, their things. And now suddenly it's like, where are we? Oh, we're in the unknown. Or if he fought, he didn't want to go through there. You know, what is... I I think uh, adults knowing about the Everglades were like, oh, there are snakes, there are crocodiles, there are dangerous things, and there are no child. (laughs) And and little monkey don't go into there. But I don't think he has any context to be afraid of that. Mm -hmm. And I think if he had to make that decision to go through the danger things... I think that's something else. Like maybe if he met Dan Carino and Valentina earlier outside in the city somewhere, I know they wouldn't be beautiful spoonbills, but, you know, (laughs) they could be somewhere. And then they warn him, whatever you do, don't go into the Everglades or something, you know. I think there's the, we don't know, there's no reason for him to fear that. And I Mm -hmm. think we need to activate his fear to connect it to what the story, what story's going on. I
0: agree. I know, I know we're nitpicking one of the masters at this point. This is not like a criticism. We're not saying Vivo's bad. Vivo's good. Vivo's very good. We're just going down the rabbit hole now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is, this is the what if. These are the decisions. These are the whys. You know, this is, I think the the whole is so good now we get to nitpick and be and really massage out these areas mm. so yeah I, I i'm really happy with what they made uh and i'm i think it was a powerfully all the songs everywhere we were emotionally i was really with them like that running out of time song was mm-hmm. like by gosh! Like, like, let's go! Like, what's happening? It really brought the fire it needed back to um, the the emotion of what's happening. Um, it was one of those great songs where one character's feeling sad, all these other characters are feeling panic. This other character's feeling this, but it's able to thread through all of those, but keep
0: that undercurrent moving forward. I mean, that's one of the things that, I'd, I mean, I, if you're a long time listener, I notoriously don't like musicals that much. <laughs> <laughs> I can get into movie musicals a bit more, especially animated ones, but stage musicals, like, uh, I'm kind of, uh. um, But one of the things that I really admire about Lin-Manuel Miranda's work is that one of the characters in his work is always, like, the community, especially, like, the Latino community, and it functions kind of as, like, the Greek chorus of His stories, And I think we have like running out of time is that song in this movie. It's here is everybody saying what they want and we're going to bring everyone together because that's what community does. It comes together. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of get that through line. Like you have the beginning, the community saying like Andreas, you have to do this. And here we have not the community so much, but all the characters as a community getting to that point that the core said to get to. And at the end it's, the course and everybody saying like, we got here. It's the, (laughs) we're going to say it, say it, and then say, you said it.
1: Mm. That's a really good point. Was there anything else that you wanted to say about Vivo that we haven't gone through
0: yet? I think we've hit mostly everything. I, I do want to say that I, I love dramaturgically the people that this movie chose to represent and the place it chose to represent. Cause I think especially the U S doesn't get hardly any stories about Cuba. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, nice to showcase that Cuba is like not whatever the average American thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, uh, the diversity of the community in the movie. I, I love that Andres is Afro Latino. Um, I love that we see the variety of Latino community, both in Miami and in Cuba Mm -hmm. and Key West is there too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, the only thing I wanted to add going to music, um, I think personally there was a moment in, inside your heart that the song that Andres actually writes um, that Gloria Stefan is singing, well, Marta is singing, but Gloria Stefan embodies or in voices, I'm not sure, but uh, where she she's giving giving her voice to to that, and it started up, and it sounded like a Juan Luis Guerra song um, called Bachata Rosa that my mom used to listen to when she cleaned this album. Like I started hearing that and like something in my brain, you know, those like, what is it? The doors in those fantasy movies where you turn one thing and like the door unlocks and it has like all these different pieces to it. It's like, and you just see it just going and unlocking. I'm like, Oh no, like something, something big that I didn't realize I was going to feel is unlocking in this moment. And then they started at Gloria, started singing and you know another album that my mom used to listen to and like i could just imagine my mom and just was sitting there and before i knew it i was just sitting at this on my couch next to my son and like tears just going down just Mm -hmm. not stopping just Tear after tear after tear, and it wasn't even like a one of those like wailing cries. It was just those where you're, you're just sitting there, you're frozen, and the only thing that's moving are these tears just running down your face. And it's just like something opened. And I think Lynn manuel Miranda's really good... At hitting that like cry point. I don't know what it is, but he it's just like, here's this thing. I'll twist it. And you're gonna, you're gonna weep at this, at this moment. There's one, there's one in um, this. There's one in Hamilton that makes me cry all the time. And there was one in a song that he wrote for the musical working. That it just, that song just starts and it's just like, ugh, Like, it's like, I'm gonna break your heart somewhere around the second minute of this song and you're just gonna
0: feel it, feel everything. Well, I think one of his strengths is like, getting to specificity in a way that speaks to us universally too. Mm. And I think like, it's not just the images that he chooses. I think that he chooses specific moments from the, I watched the In the Heights movie on HBO Max, which is not animated, but Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, <laughs> and, like, there's lots of really, really, really specific character moments in there, but I think they're drawn from a personal place uh, where maybe not every single one hits somebody, but parts of it can hit you. And I think also tonally he chooses specific things and flavors of things to put in the music itself that kind of audially, auditorily, auditorily tug at those same heartstrings. Mm-hmm. It's like not just a visual moment, but like an audio moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming at times, but it's, it's good that it can. It's, it's just surprising to me uh, every, every time it happens, how music is just unlocks unknown things that are deep and it just says, Oh, Hey. This is similar to this way over here. And yes, you might be crying because of this, but you're also crying because of this over here. And yes, you may be celebrating this, but it's also this over here. Like it just hits many different levels. And I just a- appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. As I tried desperately not to start crying about, you know, remembering it. So I did learn that just listening to the song also causes it to happen. What's in your
0: brain now? You have that moment. I was
1: listening to it. uh, I was listening to the Vivo soundtrack while doing my day job. I was standing at my desk typing and all of a sudden, like I'm heaving weeping and like i had to move my keyboard so i could just lean on my desk and just like cry for like five minutes and i was like i didn't realize it's like there's there's proud corazon from coco that every single time gets me um and i'll i even try listening to the spanish version of that to be like maybe i'm okay if i listen to it in spanish no like it's the same experience like it just (laughs) it just broke me the same way um so i'm cleaning the toilet and just like crying my guts out (laughs) i shouldn't laugh but
0: (laughs) it's a funny specific image it
1: is i'm just like why like i just i just need a moment i just need more more paper towels (laughs) so it just hits it just hits, um, and I, I know that there are people out there who don't like musicals, <clears throat> Mackenzie, <laughs> but I think for me that's what musicals and animation all do, which is heighten the internal workings of a character more than, um, and more than just telling a story. You know the. I think animation elevates it, which I think music can help exaggerate it. And that's why they just go together so, so well.
0: I do agree. I think that's a strength and I, I do, there are many musicals that I like (laughs) that are animated, the Lion King and Aladdin and beauty and the beast and vivo and some other stuff, princess and the frog, a lot of them are animated. I think for that reason that you've outlined, Mm -hmm. like they work in tandem, but it's like, as, as a genre for me, when, when the musical doesn't work, it doesn't work. I agree. I agree with that. (laughs) So So did you have a, a favorite thing from Vivo? For me, my favorite thing was
1: the color blue of hope when it would come in. I like it, you know, coming in the windows and feeling like this evil, threatening thing to Vivo's fear. I also liked it being the color of light on the speedboat, um, <laughs> driven by the sand dollars. You know, it's this blue light, um, and then the blue on the stage when when it's being performed. It's just this. This is hope. This is good things coming. This is where the magic happens. I just really appreciated that thematic color going all the way through.
0: Yeah. What about for you? I really like um some wordplay that was in I think a few various songs. I caught on to this part way through the movie, so I can't say that what I'm recounting here is 100% accurate, but I feel like Vivo sings in three different songs the lyrics um remember the size of the world before it was just you and I, just you and I. And each time he does it, it has a different meaning. And I'm really a sucker for stuff like that. Because mm. I think the first time, it's like him trying to talk Andres out of wanting to leave. And then later, it's like him with Gabi remembering Andres and like mourning that. And then it's kind of like finally like a, a empowering it about him and Gabi together. Right. And the world now it's like the world keeps expanding and as it expands his feelings about that change and grow Hmm. it's like that lyric alone tells the story of the movie
1: yeah and life (laughs) and life (laughs) well if you listened to this and lasted this long and still haven't seen vivo and are on the fence we would say go watch it yeah go go watch it it's on netflix it's on netflix which I guess we didn't say at the beginning. Um... (laughs) So shall we talk homework time? Let's. For your homework, we want you to watch as many of the Emmy nominees as you can. So remember, there are two categories. There's Outstanding Animated Program, Did I say program? Program. Program. Robot. 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 Program. Uh, An outstanding short form animated program. Wow. (laughs) Program. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the nominees for outstanding animated program are Big Mouth, The New Me, Bob's Burgers, Worms of Environment, Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal, the episode Plague of Madness, South Park, the pandemic special. The Simpsons, the Dad Feelings Limited. Got that now. Outstanding short form animated program are Love, Death, and Robots, the episode Ice. Maggie Simpson in The Force Awakens from its nap. Once Upon a Snowman and Robot Chicken Endgame. That's a lot of stuff.
0: Watch what you can. Watch what you can. As always, thanks to our engineer, Nigel Catino and to Jacob Reed and the champagne drops for our theme music. You can find us on
1: Twitter. Let us know what you thought about Vivo on Twitter at WG animated. You can find show notes and links to articles and fun things at writersgetanimated.podbean.com.
0: Remember the length of the episode before it was just 20 minutes. Now it's 45.
1: Do you remember? We had 45, like 35 minute episodes. That was a, here's a real, the thing
0: we got too smart,
1: got too smart. Mm-hmm.
0: That's my excuse.
1: <laughs> Good night, everybody.